You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Jake Hibschman. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So Jake, tell me please, and for the wonderful people out there, a little bit about yourself. I am from a small town in Illinois called Casey. It is about four hours south of Chicago. Well, if you've heard of Casey, it's probably because we are where a lot of the world's largest random objects are, like the world's largest wind chimes, golf tee, mailbox. We're talking about the the world's largest ball of twine is there? Yeah. Holy yep. shit. This is where we go, people, when we don't know what to do, but we're traveling and we see the random sign and the stranger selling fireworks. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. We just made uh, the world's largest golf club. The <laughs> I don't know who's going to use the thing. Oh, screw it. I'm just going to get me the world's biggest golf club. You know, that's the reason why there's more tigers in Texas than all the wild of the world. Really? It's because they don't have a law that says they can't own tigers. So they just start buying tigers. Then one guy's like, wait, Jim's got 13 tigers. I'm going to go get me 14 tigers. Now, I've podcasted with people in Texas who say this is a fact, that people just own these large freaking cats. I loved when uh, Mike Tyson told, told the story about when he bought his tiger. Like he ordered one from like while he was in prison. It's funny though. He had a bunch of them. There's like pictures of him, like Calvin Klein underwear, freaking by his pool, holding a chain, like with a <laughs> He's tiger. He's just holding, holding on a fucking chain. Local, He's like a freaking psychopath. Did you hear Charlie Murphy's story about that? Charlie Murphy's like, Mike Tyson came to pick me up in this Cadillac. And next thing you know, he has a freaking tiger in the passenger seat. Yeah. We're like, what the fuck? I'm not getting in the car with that tiger. I'd be scared as shit to get in that car. I'd be like, I think right. I'd, I'd just think that that thing would just maul me. It's like Ricky Bobby when you go and try and get in the car with the cougar. <laughs> don't show fear. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so what do you do professionally? Uh, I, uh, let's see. My day job, I work at the local high school. I'm a teacher's aide, but I also, in the evenings, I'm a fitness trainer. And then I just started... Um, a podcast with uh, me and a couple friends of mine. So I'm usually pretty busy between those three things. Do you, so hitting on the teacher's aid kind of aspect, what made you want to kind of dive into the world of education? I didn't. <laughs> uh, it came out of necessity. I, uh, I spent uh, my time in college and uh, long story short, I majored in something that aside from having the bachelor's degree, it's kind of useless for me now. Uh, I got a bachelor's in sociology and pretty much around here, unless you've got like a master's or a doctorate, it's kind of hard to find work for that. You're finding that so, anywhere, dude. I'm telling yeah. you, man. I got my associate's degree. I thought doors were going to open up and they were like, no, now you need a bachelor's. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And they're like, yeah, by the time you get a bachelor's, you'll probably need a master's for anything to really get a good sustaining job. Like now a requirement on your resume is like, being a us having an associate's degree. I was like, before it was barely even getting a high school diploma. Yep. And then you fall into that trap of, well, we're not going to hire you because you don't have experience. But, you know, 
I need to work so I can get the experience. So it's now, like, for someone that actually wanted to go into philosophy and a little bit of sociology myself, can you tell me a little bit about sociology that you found so interesting? Or was it just something like, I'm just going to get my degree in this? I think at the time, um, and it's, it's, it's funny, uh, I'm 30 years old now. So back then, I was still trying to like figure out who I was. And so uh, the sociology department, like, study of groups of people, I kind of thought maybe I'd learn a little bit, little bit about myself, like why I tend to gravitate towards certain people kind of deal. Cause that's what sociology is broadly about is the study of the way groups of, be, of people behave. It's cause we look alike. Yeah. I started figuring that out when I was like 13 years old. I was like, why are all the jocks in one area and why are all the nerds in one area in our school? And I started realizing it's because they have things they can connect over like how much did you run today? Well, I ran 10 miles. Well, I ran 11 miles yesterday. It's like, okay, well, pull out the fucking ruler. Let's measure. Right. I, I just found it really weird that, like, if you look up any government experiment, if you look up anything of this sort, you're going to find that the reason why we test on people is it's in a different location because those people look nothing like us. Anything that looks remotely like how we look, like white guy, whatever that, um, it kind of makes it seem cruel. But it's easy to test on like Guatemalans or like Tuskegee people. And that's where you hear all these experiments come out. And I just found a correlation with we always did our testing somewhere else, not on the factor of us doing it here and being caught, but on the concept of the dangerous stuff needs to go somewhere else where someone does not look like us. It makes it, I guess, right in a way. And I'm like, that, that's, that's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Something like an interesting thing. It, like I took a social stats class as like one of the, it's one of the like four prereqs that you have to do with that. And so with that, you're able to ask like any question. So like if you wanted to predict the likelihood of someone of this race, of this income, et cetera, et cetera, like your religion, whether you were raised in a single parent household or, you know, like all these the little factors and you can plug all that stuff in and like ask a question, how likely is this person to commit a crime? Like that was like a question you could ask and look at all the data that they had in their mainframe. It starts turning into that fucking movie where they have that robot floating in the tube or whatever, like the little bath. And then he starts predicting crimes so that people can stop them before the crimes happen. Yeah. What was that Tom Cruise movie? That what he Tom Cruise is in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I we're Tom Cruise. I can't stand that man. I'm indifferent towards him. My parents love him. He's he's okay, but he's not like one of my favorite actors. I always tell people you can't trust a guy with a tooth in the middle of his face. And people are like, <laughs> I'm like what? And if you look like there's a literally he has legit tooth in the middle where like the nose in the center of the faces. He has just the tooth right there. And it's like dead center. And I'm like, he's got basically three up front teeth where normal people just have the two front ones that you see. He's got the freaking third one right there. And you'll never you know. Now that you've pointed at, now you've pointed that out. I'm every time I look at him, I'm gonna see it now. Yeah, you're never gonna unsee it. I basically messed up so many people in my family with just that information. Well, it's just like that dude from uh, um, that after the Walking Dead show, The Talking Dead. He has the giant Adam's apple. Yeah, Chris ever, Hardwick. Yeah, he's got one of the biggest Adam's apples I've ever seen. I want to know the social reason why we pick out people's flaws. Because I do that a lot. I mean, I, I don't judge at all. I try my best to be like, why am I judging this person? There's probably something wrong with myself. And it's funny because I studied psychology. So 
I found that a lot what was dealing with psychology also dealt on the line of kind of sociology in a way on the concept of you got to look at a person's background, like mm -hmm. for uh, psychology, environmental influence is a big thing. A lot of uh, therapists use that factor as what's causing stress in your life. Um, a lot like either whether how you were raised, you know, if a kid's raised, I say you take two kids, one, uh, it, they're identical genes, everything of that sort. So you take one, put them in a good household, you take one, put them in a bad environment. What's going to happen is they both still have two pathways in which they can do that kid that's rich and has a wonderful life could grow up to be an asshole and just think wealth is going to be thrown upon him, or he can use his money in a benefit factor. Um, the second kid can choose the life of, you know, cruelness because the world was never given right to him, or he could choose to rise above that and create a better environment for himself. Now that that's also going to come down to the parenting from the, the parents in both the rich and the poor family, because the rich parents, you know, uh, whether they're just kind of the uptight kind, it's just like here, throw some money at the kid, you know, I'm not going to be bothered with the kid or teach the kid to appreciate, you know, what he was born into. That could like in a nutshell could be, uh, it's, it's about make, moral values basically. Yeah. Kind of, kind of instilling that sense of decency in the kid instead of just him thinking, Oh, I'm rich. You know, I'm kind of above all these other people. Whereas on the poor side, they might not have a whole lot of money, but like you said, if they instill the proper values, then they can, if the idea is if they work hard enough, they can possibly get out of that. I'm very open-minded and understanding when it comes to people. But when I see like where people are going to be spoiled for the rest of their life and just want things handed out to them is on the factor that they constantly want help all the time. And I try and tell people like, I don't ever ask for help if unless I truly need it because I don't want to rely on anybody because people tend to be unreliable when they're not doing anything to kind of help themselves out. Uh, sadly, that's what we kind of created with a lot of things like technology. It's kind of made it so it's, we all kind of like, you know, if you're, if you have, let's say your podcast, you start having it take off. Okay. And it was just you promoting it. There's going to be people that are going to come to you and let you know, like they can help you get even farther, but you have to change your structure a little bit. Like when yeah. I set out to do my podcast, I had people tell me like five, 10 episodes in my family members say, you know, if you did this, I could help promote it on our radio network, you know, cause my parents are in broadcasting. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. Well, if, you know, if you just limit it to an hour conversation, people would probably listen to it more. That's not the point. The point is I post these episodes every single day and the conversations I have with these unique individuals are completely different on the concept of what you're listening to is how long we have to talk for, how long I don't try and limit them. I usually don't plan anything afterwards on the concept of, I don't know if this could go one hour, two hours, three hours. I podcast with my cousin on Christmas day um, we were eating shrimp, crab cakes, and a shit ton of coffee after opening up presents. And we're just sitting there like, he's adopted. I've never met him before. Okay. So it, it was me learning everything on that podcast. And halfway down the line, we're talking about technology getting to the point where Terminators become real and all this shit happening. And it was two hours and 45 minutes. It took forever to upload to YouTube. But it was something I was like, you guys are literally learning as I'm learning. And that's the point of, a, at least for me, in a podcast, like with what I do. The thing I like about podcasts is it's the, I think anymore is the proper way to have discussion when it comes to just about anything. I mean, I gave up watching the news a few years ago just because it's, it's so bite-sized on the clips. 
and that's completely one-sided yeah and it doesn't matter what channel you're watching cnn fox doesn't matter and i think it's like crazy because people take things a little bit too far when it comes to the news uh they tend to live live their life by it basically you know they see one thing on the news like you know murder and this thing i'm like it just you guys gotta understand that happened all throughout history we had murders happen every single day thousands of them or hundreds of them but like it wasn't it didn't have a place a platform to be reached so far now it's like you turn on the news you're seeing like 50 right before you eat your bowl of frosted flakes it's like holy crap can you give me a second you almost i hate to say it you almost start to become numb to it a little bit right like you know like it's, it's like eating the same thing every day you just it just becomes like a thing you know you don't you almost, even care for the taste anymore yeah you almost yeah you almost don't care anymore it's like oh another shooting i mean that sounds morbid but you know, as often as we hear about it anymore. It's making people cruel little bastards, I think. Yeah. It's the same thing technology's doing. The fact that, you know, you pop up, see an Amber Alert on your phone. You're, the first thing you're thinking of is, why did this wake me up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Why can't it just let me sleep? And you hit ignore on it. I think when we start giving people more of an outlet to get bad information, we choose to just let it, like, yeah, numb us. I mean, comfortably numb is basically the point, you know? It kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like I used to think, I mean, I still do a little bit, but to a lesser degree, uh, when I listened to Alex Jones talk to Rogan a few months ago on, it was a four hour show. That woke me up to a bunch of shit that I did not know about operation paperclip and everything else under the. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's funny how much, like some of the things that he's said has happened. Yeah, dude, project Jedi, what he was talking about with, um, Albert, Albert, uh, or General um, Albert Stein or Bunderstein, whatever he was saying. The, dude's the German guy? Yeah, well, not, not Warner Von Braun, the one that made the NASA space program, which is true, too. Alex Jones said it. I tell anybody, you listen to that episode, every five minutes Alex Jones goes on a rant, pause it. Now look back at what he said. Look that shit up. I did. All of it's on the CIA website. Project Jedi, that movie, Men Who Stare at Goats, that's yep. a real fucking project. I thought George Clooney when I saw that movie. No, that happened an hour away from my house. My mom went to that high school. She was like, wait Holy a minute, that, that goat thing was real? I was like, yeah, yeah, that's real <laughs> stuff. And then you find out the Nazis made our whole space program, and then you start finding out even deeper and darker stuff. You're like, why isn't this looked at? Why isn't this taught in history books? agenda what just kind of like what agenda uh, uh and, and <laughs> i think i say that uh kind of snarky like um the cold war really wasn't covered too in depth like just as an example like when uh i was in school and then when i learned about how much like the communist threat was kind of like just kind of glossed over and then you see all these people wanting to do all these kind of socialist groups, not really paying attention to the history that happened last century. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I think the easiest thing for the government to do is that the government was just real about everything they're fucking doing. I think it would be like the same thing with news when we're seeing everything happen and we just become numb to it. If the government was telling you what they were doing and not making it a secret, you would be less attackful against them. Area 51, for example, that whole shit, everybody's storming there, Naruto running, people are going to get shot, you know, bodies dropping. I think the whole concept was if the government was like 
here's if you just pay us ten dollars to come into Area 51, you're going to see some shit we don't want you to see. So if you're ready for it, sign this waiver. Ten bucks, go in and get out. That's it. So, I think people go in there. They're going to be people that are fucked up. Like I didn't want to see that, and the government's just going to be like, "Well, we told you, we were cloning shit." I I I do I do wonder if some of that's been going on, but I don't think it's at Area 51 anymore. I think I, maybe I it was at one point. Now, as for like the the whole, that whole group that's wanting to storm the place, I thought what would be funny is if they just put all the props from Independence Day there. Right, that would have like Will Smith, like guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum with that old '90s uh, laptop with little green stuff sliding on it and the little countdown timer. Dude, that would be the best. That would make so many people's day. I think the whole concept of like you think Area Fifty One, you think some alien technology. I'm like, man, I don't think that's what it's there. I think what's there is they're doing some top secret military stuff when it comes to experimental military aircrafts and stuff. I don't think they just don't want like because they have stuff that's twenty years advanced than the stuff we have now. So what you have is a phone. The government's already had something way way past that. Yep. I'm like. Instead of looking at aliens, maybe we should look at what the government's doing when it comes to testing human subjects. The fact that now we have successful brain transplant surgery, where now we can literally take your brain out of your body and put it into another body. That makes me think of like that uh, that turtle's character, Crane. I was got like it's the the brain inside the stomach. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> got a gorilla body, freaking um. Dude, I'm telling you, if you could, all right, if you could splice yourself with one animal, what would it be? Oh shit! Um, you know what? I think a chameleon. So you can go invisible or change color. Change color, just blend in. So you could just like click into different social groups. Like you just want to click into like a black group or an Asian group. I didn't think of it that way. I was just more thinking of fucking with people, like just blending in with a brick wall and then jumping out and scaring people. Yeah, give people so many heart attacks. Let's make the death count <laughs> even faster. <laughs> if I was going to splice myself with an animal, I would probably choose something that can breathe underwater. That's a good one. Because I would not stay on this land. I feel like there's too much undiscovered in the sea that I want to find out. I also yep. had dreams of a kid being a merman, so... Did you ever see the Meg? That freaking giant dinosaur. The uh, the 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 megalodon shark movie that had freaking Jason Statham in it. I never saw it, but if it has Jason Statham in it, I definitely need to watch it. Okay, the, I, this isn't really too much of a spoiler. Like, and it's at the very beginning of the film. Like, they go to the very bottom of the ocean. There's like this ice layer, and they drill through it, and there's like a deeper part of the ocean underneath there where there's like all these giant obviously a megalodon like giant squid and just all kinds of undiscovered or thought to be lost sea life under there. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's the release of the Kraken. You know what movie I really, really liked journey to the center of the earth. Is that Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Brendan Fraser. Yeah. He I haven't went, seen that in a long time. It's so good though. Cause it like created this fantasy that under the ground that we live in now, there's like another, earth basically but it's filled with the all the prehistoric dinosaurs i'm like that would be a cool concept the fact that there's t-rexes living down there i think it's weird because people talk like oh dinosaurs never existed you know all this stuff i'm like i i get it i try and see it from your perspective i get you're convinced this but i'm like 
don't you think there's been so much weird shit we can't explain that there's probably some prehistoric monsters that used to be here? I mean, come on now. You'd, we definitely weren't the first life here. I was listening to your last show and that giant sloth you guys were talking about. Bruh, the Megatherium needs to come back, okay? I would buy one and sell my car to ride on this thing's back and make a tunnel system. Like, I looked at a, something. I, I looked at a Google image and that thing looked, I think that thing was bigger than an elephant. It was. Yeah. It's about, um, it's about like if you stack two elephants on top of each other and then like, it, dude, it's so weird. Cause like it makes tunnel systems like ants. So I'm like, yo, you could be doing that as subway travel. Maybe that's how Atlantis disappeared. One of those like dug under it. Dude, and made it collapse in. Let's make some weird-ass theory on how something happened and see how far it goes. I think when – you know how it, there was Pangea, all the continents were connected into one? Yep. Imagine – so if the meteor hit that and split off. Now, imagine if that meteor is what held the dinosaurs inside. So do you think that there's – And they just de-evolved into the animals we have today. Okay. I thought maybe you were going to, uh, oh, what's that one, like that, uh, that tunnel earth theory where, uh, it's like a pocket dimension in the earth, like, uh, the hollow earth theory. That's the one. And like, at first I thought those were you, that's where you were going. Like after the meteor hit the, the dinosaurs were in the hollow earth and like, they were still going on in there. Whereas the rest of us are out here. Or maybe a meteor hit. And then the dinosaurs fell underground to like where it was like journey in the center of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that that's a good concept. Along with the lizard people that, you know, people speculate about. What do you think that there's, if there's aliens here, do you think they would actually be here? Cause I feel like they are not here only on the concept of they're looking at us like from afar, like these, these guys aren't fucking ready yet. So I've got a couple of things, uh, by the actual definition I myself have seen a UFO. I'm not saying it was an alien craft. I'm saying I've seen a UFO. So you've seen an unidentified flying object. Right. So around here, um, the average tree lines are like maybe 70, 80 feet tall. And then you've got your cell towers, which are uh, probably a couple hundred feet tall. This thing flew in between those two heights it looked like just a flying cigar. And the creepy thing to me was this was at two in the afternoon. So it was broad daylight and the thing made no noise as it flew over me. Hmm. There was no sound of a motor. There was no like exhaust. I didn't Dude. see any apparent windows on the thing. Uh, man, I always talk. There's this one comedian that has a joke like, the only reason aliens haven't been down here, I think it's Joe Rogan, where he's like, the only reason aliens haven't been down here is because if Mexico designs airplanes, they're going to come down here and see Mexico flying airplanes. Like, fuck, they got airplanes now? Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> out. I'm like, dude, I always found a fascination with so much stuff that happened on the world. Like, all right, I don't know if you ever thought of this, but like, you know when you hear a bowling pin or like a bowling ball hit some bowling pins and it makes mm -hmm. that loud thunder like crack sound yeah that loud clack 
I think that's why people go bowling for some reason. I think that type of like release your brain gets from that and that kind of imagery, it kind of sparks in there. Like that loud bang is what makes bowling so popular because usually it's in areas where there's not too much weather going on. Like it's either drought or something. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not experiencing thunderstorms. So people get that because for some reason, like if you watch a good thunderstorm, like afterwards, you'll feel a thousand times better. I love to listen to thunderstorms while I go to sleep. Exactly. Like a lot of people, like I've been woken up one time by a thunderstorm, but like sleeping in a rain, like something like that, like you're just in your, in your house and you're hearing the picker patter of like water just hitting like your skylight or just hitting your window. Like that can soothe you. Yeah. If, if there's not, and like, I'm having trouble going to sleep, I'll, I'll, uh, like grab my phone and like play an hour of like, uh, just a thunderstorm or like, or, or like, uh, when you hear rain while you're driving your car, Dude, sometimes, like, if like if you ever been the passenger seat, while like you, you and whoever's driving is going through a storm, the sound of rain hitting the windshield to me, it, it can knock me out. You know what the weirdest thing is when you're driving, if you're driving your car, it's really late at night and you're just seeing the white lines on the road, but you're just sitting there in like silence, no radio or anything the window a little bit down. And you just hear the bottom, bottom. Boom, boom, because you're going over like the road and you're hearing those bumps, mm-hmm. dude. That'll put you the fuck out while you're driving. You'll have to like roll the window down, slap yourself in the face, trying to wake yourself up. You know what I mean? Yep. Stick yep. your head out the window. Have you ever been driving at like two o'clock in the morning and just start kind of like nodding out at the wheel? Yeah, uh, more times than I uh, am willing to admit, <laughs> dude. I watched my parents drive back and forth from Florida in a day. Like go to, like like we would go all the way up family road trip. I'd be passed out in the back car with my Neopet toy that I got from the Happy Meal um, that I got. Yeah, I still collect those motherfuckers. I was, <laughs> they're like eight hundred dollars on Amazon, but no, we I would sleep back there, and I'd be like I'd wake up and we'd just be pulled over on the side of the road. I'm like, what's going on? And then like my mom's like, I had to take a nap. Like I just drove fourteen hours straight. Like I, I, I had to pull over or we were going to crash. And she was like, there were times like it, my dad too would be like, it's driving. My dad would go all the way to Florida, um, see us for like an hour and then have to drive all the way back 14 hours just to go and do his job the next day. And then he would do that back and forth because at the time my mom was dealing with um, my grandfather had passed away and my grandma lived in Florida. So my mom went up there with me and my brother um, to live with uh, uh, her for a little bit, at least for the summer, kind of get like her out of her little like depression thing. And my dad was taking trips on a daily basis back and forth, back and forth, literally sleeping an hour back where we live and then coming right back after work and then doing that every single because he he barely slept. He was like, there were times where coffee was just the thing to do. So now whenever we go and take a road trip, if it's me and my dad, he stops at like these Wawa's religiously and gets the same thing. He goes, this is what I was getting every time I stopped the pizza combos and freaking that. And like, that, that's just became like a tradition that we got. Dude. Uh, not back and forth, back and forth, like what you were saying, but I remember driving back home from a wedding in Texas I drove to Texas with the groom. I got to come back by myself with all of the groom and bride's presence. And that's, you know, like a 12 hour drive. So I only did that like one way. So I can imagine, but 
I, I couldn't do that, dude. That's that's insane to go back and forth those twelve hour drives. Wait, the presents were they opened or were they still closed? They were still closed. You should have fucking turned off and got lost or something, and then like. <laughs> All the presents got robbed. He's like, then why did you have eight grand when you came back? I definitely didn't sell it at the nearest pawn shop. What do we got in here? (laughs) Yeah, Dude, but that's how hard that must have been for you not to wonder what's in those gifts. That's like Christmas Day, and you're like sitting down there like, we can't open them yet till who? Till grandma gets here? Well, tell her to hurry your ass up because I'm about to open up this present. It's like you get Yu-Gi-Oh cards. The first thing you want to do is you want to rip them suckers open. You don't. You want to know the mystery. And then when it's over, you're like, shit, I that's, wish it was still closed. That's something I wish that uh, I didn't throw away was my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Bruh, I've been buying them online. They really? sell them like five cents a card, dude. I have literally a giant briefcase like Kaiba, the dude with the metal briefcase. Yep. I got everything, bro. I got separate decks. I got like 50 decks that are all sorted out to different themes. And my buddy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what? He's like, don't you have anything else to spend your paycheck on? I'm like, no. I also bought a bunch of Bakugan too. He goes, dude, you're fucking wasting your life. There's people on eBay selling this shit like 500 Bakugan for 50 bucks. And you can sell each one of those individually. And they just made a comeback too. They now just got back put back into walmart it's like hey dude if this if i get enjoyment out of this what do you care (laughs) see the problem was i stopped playing with it because this is around the time the xbox age hit so i only had like a brief year with all my Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon cards and next thing i know they got sold at a garage sale for like five bucks for a giant tub of them so now i'm like recollecting my whole past and like i have family now that can we sell this i'm like fuck you I'm 20-year-old years old, and those are my Pokemon cards. Dude, how much money was that tub that was sold for $5 probably actually worth? Whoever got it is probably really, really lucky, and probably it feels like I go thrift shopping on, like, one of my days off, and I'll tell you, dude, I find Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon cards, old track records, all these things, like, that were from the past, and it's a nostalgia effect. Like, I just... I'm like, how much is this? And the guy's like, uh, 25 cents. I'm like, you're going to sell me 10 Bakugan for 25 cents? Yeah. Well, I don't know what the fuck, what, 50 cents? I'm like, no, no, I'll take 25 and just toss him a quarter. Next thing I know, I'm freaking out the door like, <gasps> oh, my God. Right? <laughs> I just got a steal. Uh, me and a neighbor of mine on the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, uh, we, like, we used to watch the anime and because we didn't know how to actually play the game. So we kind of based – are dueling each other on what they did in the anime, kind of. Yeah, I, I might see. All right, who was your favorite character? Uh, Bakura. All right, my favorite was the tsunami guy, and also uh, the insect dude, Weevil. Weevil, I liked. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was that Joey got the. Uh, it was a it was a random card, but I really liked it. it was the uh, sword hunter? Like every time he destroyed a monster, like he got 200 attack points added to him. You mean the flame swordsman? I don't think it was the flame swordsman. It was like some sort of like sword. Like it was like a. I have to. I'd have to Google that one. There I remembered. People. I liked that one and Jinzo. Jinzo was the one that like negated the trap cards. Yeah, and basically screwed you over. And then someone had a mirror's force or whatever, and they just ruined the whole game for everybody. Or had a cyclone, and you're just like, oh god damn it! All the cards get off the field. The thing I didn't like was that Red Eyes Black Dragon was, I mean, was a cool card, but he wasn't often that useful. Yeah, that's true. Like, it took a while to get him there, and then once he was on, it's like someone could easily, like, with higher attack points, get him. Yeah. 
I think it's funny how religiously kids and even adults took Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon when it came out. There's this video on YouTube that shows like Pokemon, like in my life now. And it's like, my dad had three blue eyes, white dragons and all the kids, he used to fuck them all up in the neighborhood. And like his dad would just come out and be like, hey, faggot. And like, let's say all these things like, whoa, whoa. And it was like, it literally showed how impactful like Pokemon cards were. Like the whole concept of you can literally just like if you had one card, every kid like basically bowed down to you in school. You were seen as like God. You know, you had like I get he's got he's got a what? He's got a Charizard. Holy shit. And it's like everyone's like on the ground, like having a seizure. You're like, calm down, calm down. I remember I was in fifth grade when that craze started. And there was a kid on the playground who had a Charizard and a Blast Toys. And that was back when it was like all the parents heard about like the value of the cards and they're like, whatever you do, you are not allowed to trade that card on the playground. Now were girls just lining up and dropping their pants for him or was he just like baller status? You got to think <laughs> what grade it was first. <laughs> what do you say? Anything? It, it's, it's been, it's been like uh, 20 years since then. So I got to think back. <laughs> Got all the chicks, yo. Everyone was giving him, giving him the chocolate milk that they had at lunch because he had the Blastoise and the Charizard. Okay, you're a teacher's aide. Do you like the school lunches? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. More often no. What? Okay, what's your favorite one though? Because I've podcasted with someone that I know is like best friend in my family, and he is a lunch lady. And he tells me it's he's a lunch lady. He's a lunch lady. Yes. That's literally so what he wants to be called. He wants to be called. Okay. And he's okay. a marijuana advocate too, which is, <laughs> but he's like the best thing on the menu is the fact that I can pull out these, this pizza and these kids just go fucking nuts. I'm like, yes, the pizza was the one thing at lunch. When that showed up, you were getting like two. So when we had pizza here, the pizza now is Okay. But we used to have the pizza that fit perfectly in the little rectangular slot on the school lunch tray. We don't have those anymore, and they don't taste as good. They got different pizza. It's weird because they always had three different types of pizza at my school. They had, like, the, the regular triangle one, and they had, like, a square piece. And then they had the one that was, like, looked like you just cut it off a sub. You know what I mean? Like, you got either the sub roll. It yeah. was like you just take the sub roll in two. So instead of it being on top of each other and the mm -hmm. one was just pizza, it was like kind of like a garlic bread pizza. That was pretty good. But all that the, sounds fucking amazing. All the kids fought over freaking the mozzarella sticks. And then we had Tex-Mex. To answer your question, though, I'd say that my favorite uh, school lunch would probably be chili and cinnamon roll. What? What school yeah, did you go to? Casey, Illinois. It's a little town of about less than 3,000 people. It's like some fancy shit right there. My school was like, you're going to eat this processed ham. And I'm like, okay. It doesn't make me feel good afterwards. Oh, your stomach hurts? Lie down in the nurse's office. How big a school did you go to? I went to a school of like 6,000 kids. Oh, shit. So what was your graduating class size? My graduating class was like 600 people. Oh, my God. My that graduating... freaking forever. I My was graduating. pissed off, man, at the last kid with that started with the last name Z. 
yo, we were all about to fight him at that, that point. We were there for two and a half hours. I was like, if this, who is the asshole with the Z for the last name? And then it's like some small child gets up, like probably was just lucky to be there. And he was just like, hello. And they're like, oh, welcome Ashir Zahimbar. And he's like, everyone's just like, all right, we got to fucking clap for this guy. It's like, yay, we're at the end. <laughs> no, my graduating class was not quite 100. What? Yeah. Did they make it last longer because you didn't have as many people? I think our ceremony lasted about an hour. You lucky, dude. I will never forget being in the middle of the group of kids and having to pee more than anything in the world, and I could not just randomly get up. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll Hey, I'll, I'll – do you i'll do you one better on uh you think night the my class of 90 some was small there's a town about 10 minutes from casey called martinsville and one of my best friend's wife graduated with a class of 17 that's how small this town is dang i want to go to that reunion like 10 years later <laughs> five people showed up <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to see dude okay if you look at like when you graduate and you think those people are going to be like you're going to see them every day and you never see them again basically they just yeah. have completely different lives now like the fact friends that you would go over and spend the night at their house you don't even talk to those people anymore no i i keep in touch with one one person from my graduating class like, and they got to be like strong friendships too. Like you guys had to get in like almost in a car accident or something to actually stay together. Like the whole reason I'm where I'm from, like right now, where I'm the only one in my family besides my brother that was born and raised in Ocean City, Maryland, was on the concept of when my dad graduated high school, him and his buddy had a plan to move down here and start like, uh, like, like kind of live here for a little bit and kind of start their own lives here. And um, like two weeks before graduation, uh his buddy got hit by a car and got oh, killed but he got killed by the teacher what yeah so apparently um there's like this hill my dad's from baltimore so uh -huh. there's like this hill and um it was like kind of foggy that day and the kid was walking like kind of at the lower part of the hill so you can't you're just going up the hump and you can't see anything kind of because uh -huh. of the fog and also because the hill yep. and um he went I guess was kind of going kind of fast over the hill and went over and didn't see the kid on the other side of the thing and ran him over. And the worst thing the teacher did was hit the brakes because the kid's head was right where the brakes were. Oh man. Dude. Yes. So when that happened, my dad was like, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, you know, for both of us, I'm going to move down there and start my life. And he actually met my mom at a restaurant that I used to see until they tore it down. But it was crazy to hear that story. I was like, damn, like, I'm born and raised here and I'm, I would always sit there and go, this town sucks. And he goes, you don't even know, man. Like this is something like I had to do like too. He's like, it's awesome. You have the ocean on one side and the bay on one side. And I'm like, yeah, but we get screwed over when it rains. Cause next thing you know, the water just rises up and then everything's freaking ocean. That's crazy, man. There's some crazy yeah. stories like that, dude. I think the concept of like how I even got, I'm going to, this is a major left turn. I mean, like if we gave the wheel to a blind kid, he's just ripping us off the road. So, or, or you ever get that feeling like Chris Farley says, when you're driving down the road, you just want to jerk the wheel. Like if you're yep. a passenger. Yeah. I get that all the time. Like I'll crash <laughs> both right now, you know, <laughs> like, I got the power. 
but um it's uh like my fascination with like games like world of warcraft uh assassin's creed kind of ancient historian games kind of came from where i was taught a little bit of ancient history in school and started finding out a little bit more about folklore and kind of magic in a way because that's in our history it's hard to, like when people say oh that stuff's not real it's like but is a little bit of it real i mean come on you know, and 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 you wonder, like when the Greeks came up with, uh, like the those monsters that they, you know, like the Minotaur, the Cyclops, all these things. Were these actual creatures? Were they the bones of prehistoric creatures that they didn't know how to identify, and they put the bones back together wrong? I mean, there's a there's a a lot of what ifs there. You know what the study is on the brain, right? With the fact of all these monster movies that we have and all these crazy monsters that kind of come out. Like, who the hell designed a werewolf? Like, who thought of that? You know what? You know how that our brain does that? So how? our brain cannot make new faces. So the people that designed the werewolf and created that in their mind using their brain imagery or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a mashup from a bunch of different animals and a bunch of different people combined into one your brain cannot recreate a face it cannot make its own it can only take from what it's seen so you what it's 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 really really freaky so any type of monster movie anything like that like how did they think of that giant bat-like creature it's because the guy who designed that and thought that up originally took it from a bunch of different things from animals from all these things so they say when it comes to a werewolf it was a crossbreed between like a monkey a bear a bunch of stuff that all went mashed up into one with a bunch of human personality traits to it too which created a werewolf i know one particular author then who probably saw some fucked up shit which one lovecraft yeah yeah for sure dude well if 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 Cthulhu only read yeah, if you can only recreate like what you've seen, granted it can be a mishmash, but it has to be stuff you've seen. I mean, I've seen like a lot of the fan art of people drawing Lovecraft's descriptions of all of his like elder gods and stuff. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I think what, like, I have a huge fascination with Greek mythology. And I think the only factor that really limited it in on that was on the concept of there were these people that looked like men and they had godlike powers. Like Zeus and all, all of the pantheon of gods? Yeah, man. Like I was really pissed off the fact that my school did not teach that class very good. You know what I mean? They just they did it like we're gonna learn about this for three weeks about ancient history. And I'm like, can we can we do this longer? 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 Like this is actually pretty cool. You know, we used to throw people in iron bulls and burn them in there. Like, did you know about that? What's an what's an iron bull? So an iron bull is literally a giant metal like sculpture of a bull, and it has a side like kind of like an oven. It has a side thing that opens up. And what they would do is they would take slaves and people that committed a crime and they would throw them in there, and they would close it. So you're in this iron containment thing, kind of like someone puts you in an oven. What they do is they light coals under it, and they burn you from the inside. Holy. But the Ah. weird thing was how they designed it was they made two holes in the bull's nose. So when you would burn and cook, the smoke would come out of the bull's nose. And they called it the iron bull. You know, some sick fucker at least wanted to make it as realistic to their imagery of a bull's, like, snorting. Yeah, right? It's like, 
Dude, there's so much freaky torture devices. I, like one day I was at work and I was just sitting there bored out of my mind. And it was like Snapchat was like, you want to know the weirdest uh, torture devices in history? I'm like, all right, I'm going to dive down this rabbit hole real quick. And I dived down it. Dude, we had this thing where they would take your arms and your legs, not with the horses where they spread you apart and do that type of thing. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not familiar with that one. You ever seen The Mummy? Yeah. Okay, in The Mummy, the dude, uh, they tied one arm to one horse, one arm to another horse, your leg to another horse, and your leg to another horse. And they had oh, and they, and they pull them apart. Yeah, split them apart. So what they did was they take your arms and your legs, kind of hog tie you, so you're kind of dangled up in the air with kind of your ass pointed down, and they had, okay. a, they had a pyramid that was sitting at the bottom, a giant metal spiked pyramid, and it would literally, they would lower your, from your ass all the way into the pyramid and just split you open like that. You know, a lot of these people were probably bored back then and were trying to come up with creative ways to kill people. I think at one point you steal somebody's sheep. He's just he's gonna find ways to kill you. He's just gonna he's gonna do something. Yeah, it's his prized sheep. <laughs> they do I've seen so much with uh Mythbusters, like they did the bamboo torture where they tried to grow bamboo under somebody and see if they would actually have enough to pierce through your skin. And it does. It it actually would be able to pierce through like they 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 had a couple seeds under this like kind of like fake dummy body that you could like shoot with like jello is supposed to be just like real body, and yeah. um it pierced through the the kidneys it pierced through all that the heart it pierced into the lungs these bamboo just kept on growing bamboo would literally grow through fucking anything. I know I've seen like uh, camera was like predator or something like but yeah bam I know bamboos used like for a lot for like traps and stuff. Bamboo's the uh, not bamboo. Predator is the reason why I can't. If I hear a bike, like a nice like track bike, go down like a hallway or, or a room or something, I immediately freak out because I'm hearing that clicking noise and I start thinking it's predator. <laughs> yes, dude, perfect. There was I was all right. So I work at a hotel, and it was like it's kind of stormy out weather, like kind of dark, and I'm sitting there like getting ready to go. I'm like half tired, like kind of waiting for the elevator. And this dude had a bike in his room, and I didn't know. And he's rolling down the hallway. I'm hearing clicking. I'm like, fuck. I'm like immediately like like thinking I'm about to die and the dude pops around the corner. I'm like, yo, I just thought Predator was about to screw me over. Like, <laughs> like I had those moments, man. Like it's crazy because I started doing diving really into research in school when I was looking at auditory hallucinations, the fact that your brain can take these random trips down so many roads. I don't know um, if you've kind of picked this up yet, but I have a fascination with the human mind when it comes to the types of shit we can create. So I got a question for you. All right. Uh, kind of, I don't know if this, I guess this would kind of be considered in the paranormal. Um, with sleep paralysis and people seeing the shadow man. Okay. Uh, what Do you know much about that? I do. Um, I also know about hypnic jerks. So me being an insomniac, I have a buddy that sleeps with his eyes open. So I was actually going to do a, like a podcast experiment with him like just try and watch him see what, like what happens when he sleeps but so sleep paralysis is actually uh pretty common but it's only common when it happens with hypnic jerks hypnic jerks are when you feel like you're falling and you randomly pop up and you're like <gasps> what happens I, I get those a lot all right what happens is that's your brain's way of trying to it's when you're about to fall into your third REM cycle so this is like where your body's supposed to get immediate deep sleep rest. Like it's where your body's healing and stuff. What happens is your your heart 
all that stuff drops to really, really low and your brain thinks you're dying and it tries to wake you back up, which is called a hypnic jerk. That's, and, that's um, almost kind of like a, uh, uh, the, uh, defibrillator. It makes you yeah. think, think of that. Like gives you a little jolt. And, um, it, it's, it really brought onto a weird theory I discovered. So this theory, are you willing to step into this realm? Oh, dude, I, I, I'm open-minded here. Okay. Now, when you have rapid eye movement while you sleep, so your eyelids are shut and your eyes are kind of like moving really crazy under them. Mm-hmm. I think, now this is just a theory. I don't actually believe this. I just thought this would be a cool idea. We talk about dreams. Dreams can also be interpreted to an alternate universe or another way our brain slips us into something like we're going into another dimension, much like you open a doorway and next thing you know, you're in freaking Canada or something. Um, I think when you're doing rapid eye movement, it's your brain looking for an alternate universe, which is that dream that you fall into. And some people say that a hypnic jerk is actually you waking up from that reality and coming back into existence. I've wondered similar things. And uh, we, we mentioned Lovecraft earlier. There's actually a really good um, movie. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Out of Mind. Um, spoiler alert for like the very end of it. The main character falls asleep. And it Lovecraft's also a character in the, in the movie. And it's uh, he falls asleep during around the time he's live, which is like the 1920s, something like that. And the main character falls asleep in the 1990s they meet and talk to each other in the dream realm. Okay, so that's actually a legit thing. Um, there's a thing known as dreamwalkers. And what dreamwalkers are, are there's, there's dreamwalkers and there's it's, it's on the same concept of astral projection. I don't know if you know what astral projection is. It's um, kind of like... Uh, it's like meditating, but you can kind of bring your spirit out of your body. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen the imagery like in, in WoW and like a, a couple anime I've watched as a kid. Now, that started in, like, Beijing or some part of Taiwan. Um, there's actually a thing called Dreamwalkers. And Dreamwalkers, um, I'm trying to think of the legit name for them because I did a podcast on them. It starts with a C. Uh, but these guys literally, they talk about interpreting your dreams because my buddy has a really weird dream system. Like, he, he gets randomly, like, nightmares a lot. And you're nightmares are supposed to decrease when you become an older age the reason why they're so impactful when you're young is because your hormones um your brain's not emotionally developed correctly it's not physically developing correctly so what happens is you experience nightmares you're supposed to experience them maybe once every three weeks when you're a kid and it's supposed to kind of tamper off around nine nine like probably nine or ten years old um but there's people that experience night terrors so night terrors are like you, you scare yourself every single night. Like every time you go to sleep, you're basically afraid to go to sleep. It creates more insomnia to the point where you end up getting really tired and falling asleep to long extended points, kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, dreamwalkers or dream interpreters, what they would do is they would try and go into your brain like Inception, but they wouldn't use a machine. They would, as you're sleeping, they would try and sleep and connect with you on the same wavelength by you keeping a dream journal the best thing for you to do if you have nightmares is keep a dream journal. When you wake up, immediately write down everything, but all the major key points. Don't write down like, I was on a bridge, and then the bridge, it became windy, and the next thing I know, I wasn't on that bridge. Don't write down stupid shit like that. Write down stuff like bridge, water, danger, 
those types like major keywords so you can look back at it later and then it'll re-spark into your memory because the fact is you're not going to remember your dream after like an hour after it happens um it just doesn't last in there but with a night terror this is a way for people to get over those but these dream interpreters would use that and then use a form of meditation mixed with some herbal supplements that they believed in back in like this year in china um and they would be able to go into your dream and help you solve your problem by showing you like, it's just a dream kind of show, like in the movie, like someone goes into someone's dream, like it's a monster, but it's in your head. You can beat it. And then like kind of showing, oh, I got the power. So I've got a question about like just my own personal experience because you, de you definitely know more about this than I do. So I'm just going to try to uh, explain what I was told to kind of look at it as a kid by my older brother. And then when I moved into my current place a uh, little over a year ago. So when I was a kid, I don't know if they were night terrors or, but like I, I would wake up and I would think I, I would see things in the bedroom. And so I'd wake up my brother and he'd, uh, you know, like I'm telling him I see something. He's, he turns the light on and he says, now look at the spot where you thought you saw the thing and tell me if you still see the shape of it. And he'd turn off and I'd say yes. So I kept that in mind whenever I would have one of these experiences. When I moved here, um, one of my, it was like two or three weeks after I started living in this house, I woke up and in my doorway to my bedroom, I saw what I was pretty sure was the outline of a woman in a white dress. And so I shone my phone light on it and it went away. And when I turned the phone light off, it wasn't there. There wasn't the same outline. Hmm. So I don't know if I was like, if maybe it was like some chemical off in the head or, or what the deal was. Okay. So what I was talking about with these dream interpreters, they're also called one ironauts. Um, I don't, I don't, you could probably see it on my phone, but these guys look like they're astronauts in a way, mm. dressed up in suits. So yeah. one ironaut are like able to go inside your dreams. The best thing to kind of overcome one of your dreams is you have to rationalize it in three ways. One, you have to submit to it. You have to realize I'm on a boat that's sinking the sharks in the water. It's going to happen. I can't fight it. Two, you have to try and fight it. Three would be to admit that that's happening, but also realize it is a dream, which is very, very difficult. It's hard to wake yourself up when you're in a dream. Mm -hmm. um, when you do realize it, it's like, then you immediately can do whatever the fuck you want. It's called yep. lucid dreaming. People actually practice doing that. Now what you're talking about was seeing an outline. So you woke up and saw this outline. Yes. Okay. I, I actually distinctly remember what I was dreaming. I guess this would be more of like a ghost kind of comment. It might. I mean, I, I try and be as open-minded as possible. It just sounds like you were well, – how old were you when this happened? I was 29. This was last year. Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. It might have shocked you so much in a way that when you woke up, your brain was still kind of processing the dream. You know what I mean? Have you ever just woke up and you were still half asleep? Mm -hmm. Like you thought like you went downstairs, made breakfast, ate, got your clothes on and shit, and the next thing you know, you wake up like, what the fuck just happened? I thought I went downstairs and made breakfast. That might have been what happened with you. Yeah, it could. That, yeah. I think it could. I mean, hey, I'm not off to the paranormal either. You know, I think it's really weird the fact that there was a government project where a bunch of scientists sat down in a room, created a ghost, and then used a Ouija board to summon that ghost. 
Well, they say that uh, like when a person dies, like um, their they memories think, left here. Well, not not just that, but that uh, um, like the energy that they think is your soul like leaves the body and so what and they think they think that they've weighed this thing i can't remember where i've read this but like supposedly the the soul weighs like a pound or something like that and so like after a person is deceased and when the soul leaves the body the body lays a, a pound less or something like that so i think it, you have to also chalk in the fact that as soon as you die is it you also soul? defecate yeah so it's like you're probably <laughs> dropping a pound of just straight shit at that point <laughs> that's the soul that's the soul just a bunch of shit you're just pooping (laughs) i dude i all right so with your podcast because i i wanted to talk to you about that what's the what are you guys talking about in your podcast i we started that podcast um really just to talk about whatever was going on in the world and it was an excuse for us to keep in touch because we all grew up in the same town but we don't live like near each other anymore it's a way to keep connected yeah it's a way for us to keep in touch we whether this thing takes off or not you know if it does great if not it's just a way for us to have an excuse to say hey it's sunday i'm gonna you know talk to jeff and caleb for about an hour or so so yeah i found that's a lot with some podcasters are like yeah we do this it's a friend thing we just get together and we make sure this happens on the specific day like everybody kind of cancels their plans and make sure they have this scheduled out for it i'm like that's a great way to shoot the shit and connect man because when you do get older there are things that happen where you're not able to go hang out with your friends anymore i mean i'm 21 years old and the fact that like jobs all those things now come into the factor i don't ever get to see my best friend anymore you know, unless he's yep. right there. It's like, do you want to go out and do something? No, it's, I, I worked. I, I, I'm tired. I want to stay home. Yep. And that's just going to get worse the older you get. Yeah. And it's crazy because like, man, I remember those days you used to go over like 13 years old. You just be able to got, you know, you're finally able to kind of stay out till like 10 or just spend a night at a friend's house. My buddy lived like 15 minutes away from me on my bike. I was there every night through the summer. My dad was like, should I drop you off a toothbrush? I was like, nah, man, we're ordering pizza every night. (coughs) I always found a fascination with like, at least the ability to like go out on your own and do stuff. But like, you got to stay connected with people, man. Yeah. And and that's, you you need a sense of belonging, which uh, I don't know if that's a, an issue like when I was listening to your last show and like talking about the whole online thing I almost wonder if there's like kind of a disconnect for people like you know being kind of I don't know what other word to say slaves to your phone you know we're, we're so focused on that um and then are, are you a would you be counted as a millennial how old are you I'm 30 you're a millennial too yeah I, I remember I think it was Pew Research uh, had the cutoff point for millennials as like 1997. Yeah, it's well, no, the cutoff for millennials is um 38 to well, you'd have to be 19 or 20 now. I think 2000 was the cutoff. Okay, because now you're, that's the generation one. I, I've I've heard where our generation is probably the least religious. Yeah, because and so much I, shit has came out that makes you question. Oh, oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Uh, 
say anyone needs to believe anything. All, all I'm saying is from a practicality standpoint, I think something that 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 provided for people was a sense of community, a sense of belonging. Yeah, it made you go to church and it made you talk to others. You had to go there and you had to connect with other people. You know, everybody yeah. came together on Sunday. Um, for me, like, I'm not religious at all, but I'm open to all interpretations. I actually am an ordained minister under the United Church of Bacon, so I can't really... You know, the United Church of Bacon. It's literally a safeguard for atheism. Like I tell people, like I've gotten into arguments with Jehovah's Witnesses. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, I try and tell people like you can't be closed-minded ever. I think when it comes to the factor of religion, it seems like everybody has a piece of the big picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When it comes to the afterlife, we all hit on something similar. That there's this existential being, you know, your soul has to be chosen from right or wrong. You know, it seems like we're all getting a little piece of the puzzle and it all goes together into one. I think it, you know, I, I don't know what's to say. and I, I don't judge people on what they believe in. I just don't believe in you should be forcing anybody to believe in what you believe in. I've met people that do that. And I'm like, just because he's not that religious. Christianity is not even a big religion in America anymore. It used to be the dominant religion. Now you're seeing Muslim. You're seeing so many other things pop up because of the fact yep. that we have immigration happening so much now. I, I, I'm def like, I'd say when I was in my early twenties, I think I struggled a lot with, uh, I'd say I was probably closer to an atheist, but the older I've gotten, I'd say I'm a lot more spiritual, probably leaning closer towards Christian. Um, I definitely believe there's a higher power that made all this stuff. Um, kind of hard for me to explain that, but <laughs> that, I, think, I think that's where the I think that's where the word faith comes in. I think if because you, you can't explain everything. That's the best part about belief too. But I think what makes something real is the fact you have to experience it first. Like people that experience like seeing ghosts, people that experience that, like that are hundred percent belief of it. I don't ever say people are wrong when it comes to what they believe in on the concept of, I haven't experienced probably what they've experienced. I've podcasted with hundreds of people from all over the globe, all over the States, everything. And let me tell you something, everyone's got a really belief in something. And when you start hearing it, it makes you really, really in tune to being open-minded about so many people's thoughts in the world. Well, uh, you hit, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you were saying that everyone's got a piece of it. I think that's the way we need to treat everyone. Like there's a spark of divinity in every person. Yeah. There's something, there's something about us that, you know, there's a group think um, primal in us that wants us all to help each other. But I think we're losing it nowadays with technology. I I, 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 I agree with that. The fact you don't know what's going on in your family's lives anymore as much as it used to be back in the day on the concept of you guys don't communicate really anymore. I mean, I don't know if that's like that with in your household, but like, you know, once you start getting older, you want to branch off and do your own things. But there was still a connection with your parents. You call them like, yeah, um, I'm just calling in. I know it's been like a week uh, amount of money. If you could send some, that'd be great. Nowadays, it's like. You have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have all these things that like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's the best way people can connect nowadays. It's not even a connection. I'm still looking at a fucking phone screen. You know, the most we can do is we get a selfie and we're like, I see your face. Oh my God, you look so good in that filter. Oh, you look like a cat. You now look got- so adorable. Oh my God. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I remember... And I'm sure you do too. Um, 
like before smartphones, I remember I had to remember someone's phone number. But when smartphones started to become more of the thing, it was you remember your own phone number so you could give it to someone so they can put it in their phone book and it just fast dials. And I don't know any new phone number probably past 2008 that I've had in my phones. It's funny that the fact that if I ever get lost or get arrested somewhere and they ask me to call, like I got one phone call, I'm fucked because I don't know what my number is for mom or dad. It's true, though. <laughs> you might want to get a piece of paper and just write that number a hundred times so you ingrain it in your head, dude. Hey, the button dial doesn't say dad on it. Okay, I, you don't know your parents' number? No. No. What do I look like? Some fucking old ass? No. Also, kids won't know what a landline is. I'm just lucky to know what that was. I had to explain what dial-up was I had my, to... first, my first year as a classroom aide. I'm lucky I missed that one. I am lucky. I only know the home phone. I had to call. Is is John there? Can I speak to John? Who is this? Did you, uh, and you hung up. Did you, uh, were, were you around when uh, you couldn't use the internet and the phone at the same time? I was at this. I, I don't think I was even around a house that had a computer until like later when phones were more developed, when we had the little pocket cell phones, the flip yeah. phones, where you had to send a, That would eliminate pissed off people texting. If oh, yeah. Sit there and click for 50 minutes to get one word. You had to tap three times to get an S and then tap two times to get an A and then tap two times to get a D or something. I'm like, fuck, man. Like now everyone texts a paragraph before I have a chance to even look at the message. I got eight paragraphs on my phone. I'm like, what did I do? Back then, if you got a paragraph texted to you, that shit was important. Yeah, you read that shit. Like this person crafted for eight hours of their day, this one sentence. Click, 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 click. <laughs> yeah. And then if you ended up messing up, you had a backspace. And next thing you know, it deleted the whole thing. You're like, God, <laughs> ah, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it was crazy. We had one computer in our house. It was like the family computer. Everybody got times on it. And nowadays you just have your phone. Like nobody has to share their phone. So what are you doing? I'm surfing. Surfing the web. That's why I say like they're doing a gene chip that they're going to install in the back of your head. So you have like internet, like Google on the back of your brain. I'm like, I know the intentions for it are pure, but I know people. And people are going to be doing some freaky-deaky shit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That, that kid's not paying attention. That kid is looking up porn on the back of his brain right now. What was that Bruce Willis movie uh, where they had, like, perfect versions of them? Like, it's, it was similar to The Matrix where you laid down and you plugged yourself in, but, like, a robot version of you got up and went out into the world. Did you ever see that Bruce Willis movie? Yeah, and they had like a machine that could shoot the robot, and next thing you know, that it killed the person that was in the simulation as well. Yes, yeah, and yeah. in that there were like hackers who I guess would hijack people's bodies, and it was kind of like that whole. Remember how in like World of Warcraft, how you didn't know if it was a, a a girl or a dude playing that night elf chick? Exactly, and then you were sitting there getting into a relationship over a video game, and then all you sad bastards figured out it's a 40-year-old dude sitting in their basement really playing. Oh, no, no! That life is a lie! Oh, my God. I need to go defrag my computer. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man, like, 
there's so much stuff out there where you start looking into things. And like, I hope we even nailed, like we just totally got off the subject of what your podcast was about. You're like, it's about friends coming together. And next thing you know, we're talking about people getting tricked on World of Warcraft. I know. That's the funny thing. You, you start a conversation about this and then 30 minutes later, you're talking about something that has absolutely nothing to do with what you started. That's when you know a good conversation is there, man. Like, we never have met before this. We just randomly, like, I messaged you on Instagram. And you're like, sure, man, I'm down. And then next thing you know, we're automatically getting into this. Like, this is what people need to understand about having conversations with people. You randomly can just click. Well, you, you can talk to anybody. It does not take much. But you, even sitting down for an hour, that shit can turn into something you guys are talking about. Hey, you know, instead of talking about the stupid weather chat, like it's raining outside, you could be talking about freaking aliens, porn, and anything else you could think of. The fact that we don't need advertisements for toilet paper because everyone is fucking buying toilet paper. Oh my god, yeah. There's there's too much stuff in the world that, to be talking about. It's the fact that we're just being disconnected. I think more people need to realize that there's a wonderful thing about associating with people. You have you meet somebody, you get to know a little bit more about them. If you click, you click. Obviously, you're not meant to click with everyone, but it's still it's something you have to experience. You can't just be on your phone half the time and expect when you do Tinder and you go and meet them for the date, you're still going to be on your phone doing Tinder while they're sitting there on Tinder as well. So so here's here's. And th this this ties into what you're saying. Um, when people actually s decide to actually pursue the things that they want to do, um, like I decided to finally write out my life goals on a piece of paper. And for anyone listening, I recommend doing that. Like, don't just think of your life goals in your head or like storing your phone. Physically write that son of a bitch out. Put it on your door, put it on your fridge somewhere where it stares at you every day in the face. One of my life goals was to start a podcast because going back to the uh, driving from Texas conversation, that was what helped me uh, from falling asleep on the way back was my friend had introduced me to podcasts for the first time. There's something so, about it where it's like a sense of relief. You know, we talk about Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all these things being a way for people to express their voice. Podcasting is that same thing. You come across a wide variety of stuff that people are interested in. And it, it, it might be something you're interested in. You might find a podcast yeah. on aliens. You might find a podcast on Raisin Brand. You might find a podcast on fucking ancient Greek mythology that can you can really click with. Yeah, and, and uh, so when you start doing that, uh, the people who are meant to, you're meant to meet, uh, you'll meet them. So like I met you, for example, through, uh, that through, through Instagram, because me and my buddy Caleb, we were sharing uh, the update on our latest episode and you found us and here we are. There you go. That's what I'm saying. See, random things can happen too, but it's also you start doing something you really want to do. You're going to find people like in sociology, people connecting with their social groups. You're going to find other people like me. That's a podcaster that found another podcaster and was interested in what he's interested in. That's how you get content looked at. That's how you get stuff to happen. Everything is a slow process. People need to realize it's not immediate action. The more we take into consideration the fact that if you put the work in, you will get what you put into it. You will get that same result back out. So if you put 100% into it, you will be getting 100% out. But it's not going to be immediate. It's going to take time. Yeah, you're you're not going to be great at anything the first time you start it. You're because people are afraid of looking foolish. But the thing is, is you're an even worse fool if you don't try it. 
Well, Jake, I really appreciate you being on my podcast, man. This has been a great conversation. I've had a blast, dude. I have no idea, honestly, what we talked about for like the past hour, but, you know, it was cool. And I want to give a minute here at the end for people to go and find your content, too. Sure. Uh, You can find me on Instagram for my podcast. The updates for that show name was Taken Podcast. I share updates for that on a page called Hibby Productions. And then I also have a fitness page called HD Training. And then you can also find our podcast page on Facebook as well. I haven't quite reached out into making a Twitter account, but I probably don't do it. Don't do it. That's a bad realm. I haven't even made a Twitter. I've never made a Twitter. I've never been on Twitter. I don't want to go on Twitter because there's a bunch of people complaining. (laughs) <laughs> like, all right i'll, I'll take it's your like advice facebook. Then. when facebook first started it was a way of like hey i'm doing this hey i'm doing this to show people where you're at and then it turned into a bunch of people bitching about their problems and now it's just like depression memes on facebook that everyone likes and laughs at because they can relate to it right no like, i get that i get it he's sad and he's looking at the clouds and the clouds are saying you're gonna die and i'm like oh that person's severely ill on the inside someone might need to talk to them I'd have a comment on that, but uh, we'd be here for another half hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was awesome talking to you, Jake. And everybody, check out his content and stay tuned for our next episode.